Sir, we've had a little problem. These two women are just arriving. They objected to giving up their weapons. Klingons do not surrender their weapons. Who are you? We are Lursa and Baton of the House of Duras. Hello and welcome to the Duras Sisters podcast. We are not Klingons, but we are sisters. And I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Rihanna. And today is the eighth episode of our time travel series. Today, we will be talking about time travel episodes in strange new worlds. Whoa. (laughs) And you know how this happened? This happened because of you listeners. We are talking about this episode because Ashlyn put out an incredible poll on all of our social medias. Most amazing poll you've ever seen. (laughs) Never seen a better poll than that. No, truly. Like, I mean, she really put it far and wide. So people were able to vote everywhere. And it was pretty... What were the votes, Ashlyn? Do you want to read the number of votes we got for time travel? Across all of the different social media platforms. And it was interesting to see, like, some platforms really favored certain episodes. And some, (laughs) like, they had zero votes for them. So it was really interesting to see the different types of opinions we have. But anyway, um, in last place was Love and Affection, Strange New Worlds with 11 votes. And then Villains was the third choice, which which would be Picard season two and three, got 14 votes. Second was Feminism in Strange New Worlds, which Ooh. got 23 votes. Wow. And Time Travel, today's episode with Strange New Worlds, got 34 votes. Dang, knocked it out of the park. <laughs> and this was only in 24 hours. Like, we didn't even have, like, a, a long... Yeah chance for you all to vote so thank you very much and we are very excited by your overwhelming enthusiasm for this episode yeah i mean truly it's been it was amazing to watch the votes come in and this episode contains like two of the some of the best episodes in strange new worlds to date so we're only on season two of strange new worlds so if you're listening in the future and there's more at least know <laughs> this is where we're coming from. This is probably going to be even more amazing episodes to come. But at least right now, this is where we're at. And I'm so excited. This is like some of our shortest watch list, but also like one of our best. <laughs> yeah. And Rihanna, I find that normally when we have just one or two episodes to review, we have the freedom to really go in depth on these episodes. So they're some of my favorite. And it's nice to have such a shortened watch list this time (laughs) yeah i agree it it does give us some more wiggle room so yeah and i I was thinking a lot about our time travel series and rihanna i'm just wondering like off the top of your head because i i never go back and listen to the podcast or anything so time travel it puts us you know like about a year ago ish and i'm wondering if there are any like tropes 2021 actually 2021 so two years So I'm wondering if any like tropes or things come to mind that you tend to see in these episodes. Well, there's a lot, you know, there's the almost getting hit by a car. There's the meeting someone from the past who's cool. (laughs) There's the, or tends to be a female sidekick, especially in the movies or the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually both movies. Yeah. Freaking, um, 
first contact. But yeah, Ashlyn, do, do, can you add some more to this? Oh yeah, list? I mean, I'm thinking a little bit on the tech side too, like chroniton yeah. radiation. Oh, definitely. Tachyon emissions mm. is a big warning <laughs> sign. Um, subspace velocity, I feel like, yeah. or a rift in space or any kind yeah. of portal, you know? Portal is the other thing I was gonna say, like we're gonna be talking about portals today. Portals were a big, thing in the original series <laughs> so <laughs> could we back i guess i'm thinking about um, that library <laughs> oh portal. yeah library yeah. portal and the of course the city on the uh, city on the edge of forever portal the so. famous portal Guardian. yeah 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 it's it's so great to think back about that series one of my favorite ones that we've done so it's really nice to be coming back to it right now talking about time travel is one of my favorite things to talk about so we have a lot to look yeah, forward to, seriously. but I have another question for you, Rihanna. Okay. I'm wondering if you right now could jump into a Guardian of Forever and go back in time to strange new worlds to this time in the future, <laughs> what episode would you go back and insert yourself into? Ooh, I've thought about this one because there's so many good contenders, um, some frankly horrifying contenders as well. <laughs> But I have chosen the Elysian Kingdom. I would love to be back in this mythical land of the Enterprise itself. And frankly, I, I would really like to keep my memory. You know, it'd be nice to be like Minbenga or Hemmer, who still remember what's going on. So hopefully I could and then like kind of watch everyone else. Like, it just seems so funny and hilarious. And yes, there's some threat of death, but when is it there? You know, every <laughs> yeah. episode has that. Yeah. I don't know. I think it would be really like magical and I've always loved sort of the costuming of that and everything. So to be like amongst them would be just like a dream for me. I love this, Brianna. This is a and you you would probably have some fantastic costume as well. Yeah, exactly. That's what I want too, is to like be elegant or dress up or be a part of the like I don't know, the guard could, or something. You could bring your cat onto the <gasps> Green, like uh yeah. on the actress who plays her brought yes. her dog that was her real dog <laughs> yes oh my god that'd be perfect. the episode just like come here lily let's go <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm so curious about you ashlyn where would you go in strange new world okay <laughs> <laughs> maybe not a surprise but i would go in subspace rhapsody <laughs> yeah i knew it <laughs> I love a good musical episode. I am a singer myself. I love the soundtrack. I listen to it nonstop. So I think it would be really fun to like join in those ooze with Ahura, watch this very questionable song and dance that Nurse Chapel does. <laughs> I was gonna say, are you gonna be a part of her little- uh, I don't know if I could be it. in that one. I might like scoot out and see how Spock is doing. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would absolutely love that to see Pike have this like intimate conversation on the bridge. <laughs> Oh, I just feel like there'd be so much tea and I would get to sing about it. Yeah, you could literally run around the ship like hearing all this different tea <laughs> song outbreaks. Like, wow, yes. incredible. <laughs> ah, oh my gosh. I just realized this is the eighth episode and I think in the intro I said like 10th episode of Time Travel Series. So let me just say this again. Episode eight, <laughs> the eighth episode. <laughs> It's so it's awful right, to yeah, edit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you suck a dick, bitch. Suck on that one, asshole. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs>
yeah so it's the eighth episode of the time travel series um now yeah. we know <laughs> so now we know <laughs> <laughs> what were you talking oh subspace rhapsody okay subspace cool. rhapsody okay well that is amazing and a great choice as always Ashlyn, now i think it's time to pick a friend oh, come on this journey i almost forgot <laughs> thank you rihanna okay, let's go every time every time i almost forget you say it so it's really <laughs> helpful you know we just we're good at this we are okay <laughs> oh my gosh i'm gonna pick from the very bottom Someone... oh my lord oh, down there i find someone's head I don't wow. think I've seen him in a while. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> An old friend. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. Um, okay, well, who's okay. your friend, Rihanna? My friend is Worf from TNG style. <laughs> I haven't seen him. He's been at the bottom of the bag for so long. <gasps> I have Grandpa Worf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we. Wow. Okay, okay, the House of Moog is strong, strong today. The Klingon energy in this in this studio. Oh impeccable. man, look wow. at this man. He looks okay. very regal. This is where, he's, um, where did you get this? Like this I, is the most incredible action figure I've seen. I think I saw him online, mm -hmm. and I just got him. Oh yeah, that's what I do. When I see a juicy one on eBay, I snatch <laughs> so fast. I'm yeah. like, I don't care. It's rare. I gotta get it. The ads are quite targeted, unfortunately. Oh, they know. <laughs> they know us. You heard the bag, y'all. <laughs> you know. Wow. Okay, so we have so many Klingons here today to talk about time travel. This is incredible. <laughs> I'm Okay, let's go. So yeah. the watch list today <laughs> is tomorrow 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 and and those old scientists the end <laughs> so sorry editor <laughs> episode like at the end we'll we'll take out so much it'll only be like an hour long <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> jesus h okay oh my lord um okay yeah so only two episodes so exciting uh rihanna let's start with tomorrow 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 not as i accidentally called it before we started recording yesterday 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 <laughs> said it with such confidence too <laughs> i was like oh no i just I, I laugh at the similarity of all of these time travel episodes oh, yeah. they just that's the other cliche yeah. we should have mentioned earlier mm -hmm. they all have basically the same title but all the words are out of order <laughs> tomorrow's yesterday like yesterday's enterprise <laughs> um there's another tomorrow one i'm sure of it return to tomorrow yeah what's that which one is that T uh, TOS. Yeah. I think that's a TOS episode, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It's just like the paradise ones. You just get used to it. You're like, here we go. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. So I was thinking nonstop about James T. Kirk going back in time because that in itself is a trope. And I had the realization that 
I think seeing Kirk out of out of all of our Star Trek characters who time travel, seeing Kirk back in time is one of my favorite things because yeah. we get to see his like street smart nature come out mm -hmm. and uh in this episode his kind of bookish nature which I love that they're expanding on with Kirk but yeah, and he has some sort of companion with him as well. So <laughs> this <laughs> the, the fact that his companion is Laan is amazing to me. So Rihanna, will you give a little brief synopsis about this episode? Sure, absolutely. So Laan is just chilling, having a regular day in security when this guy in a suit shows up from the past who's gotten who's been shot, and he says there's been an attack in the past, and he tells her to go to the bridge. And so she goes to the bridge. There's like this crazy flash of light and then she goes to the bridge and it's Kirk there and turns out this is a Kirk from another timeline who was born on the starship Iowa and has, has never been to earth so, so then she has this device that sends them back in time they argue they go back in time turns out what he meant by going to the bridge was the literal bridge that's getting attacked in Canada <laughs> and by the way they're in Canada yeah. yeah they're in Canada not New York City as Kirk mistakes it and then I forgot to talk about Vulcan Spock but that's okay we'll talk about him <laughs> and yeah then, this is very general and then uh they're trying to track down who blew up this bridge where the timeline converges or diverges they meet this lady she betrays them in the end <laughs> because they go to Palea <laughs> to get this watch to point them <laughs> to this to point them to this factory uh that's making con children and a bomb <laughs> um, <laughs> jesus <laughs> this is the worst summary i've ever given <laughs> this plot is so like it doesn't sound complicated until you start talking about it um so then Kirk dies, he gets shot by the betrayal lady. <laughs> There's actually a Romulan, by the way. There's a whole Romulan um, <laughs> subplot that they're actually behind this. And then Laon saves Khan. <laughs> and Khan does not catch on. So. <laughs> yes, thank you. And then the Romulan is gone. Wow, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That was very... Uh... Quick and speedy <laughs> synopsis. Thank you, Rihanna. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the time travel aspects of this because what we have ourselves here, folks, is a classic time travel <laughs> episode. We are going to hit all of the highs and all of the lows. So <laughs> first of all, Laon is like walking through a hallway. Suddenly a portal appears and you see the light. This man appears, he's dressed in a suit and he gives Laon a device and says, get to the bridge, as Rihanna said. Um, and then he dies, she notes from a bullet wound. And then she presses the button and we see a little like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like something like come through the ship, like the hallways, as if like something has been altered. It looks kind of like, it looks kind of like, you know, when they do sensor sweeps and then they like, zoom. <laughs> yes. They sweep yes. through the ship. Yeah. <laughs> it's low key like that, but it's like a blinding light. Thank instead. you, Rihanna. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, but that's it. That's the only indicator we get until Laon follows his message, goes to the bridge mm -hmm. and sees Kirk. Oh, this is just so good. Like, I, I think it's one of those episodes that I wish I could go back and watch again for the first time, like, without knowing what's going to happen, because every one of these twists and one of, and every time I'm surprised in this episode, it's so well done. 
and I thought this part particularly like turning around and there's Kirk instead of Pike and everything's changed and most of our other crew is like there seemingly but the huge difference of course is Kirk and the fact that he's from the United Earth Fleet and that currently they're having a discussion with this the hottest Spock I've ever seen. <laughs> oh my gosh, Rihanna's devolving. <laughs> I'm sorry, I always talk about hot Spock. Um, but it's true. We're going to and... talk about hot Spock later too, Rihanna. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Anyway, sorry, a, a little, little teaser, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, there, there's this, it's not quite mirror universe, you know, like you can tell the difference because I, I was kind of wondering like, oh man, what's happening? Is this some kind of mirror universe that Lon stepped into? But it's more that like the Vulcans and this United Earth fleet can't help each other because they're both fighting enemies on either side. And Spock is essentially asking for aid. Hot Spock in his all black. Oh my God. Oh my God. Derailed again. <laughs> no, by he looks Hot so good. He looks so good. You cannot deny. Um, so, and, and, you know, the other big thing is that La'an knows no one, like, or they don't know her. They're literally like, who are you? What are you doing on this ship? Which is insane. Yeah, she's not in their records at all. And this is, I think, the only thing that makes Kirk start to believe La'an because she says, we need to have a private conversation <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> about our frustration. <laughs> So they talk and Kirk is like, this seems completely insane, except you're not in our database. And she's saying, no, like I'm from a different time. My past existence has been erased. And Kirk basically says like, I need to confiscate your device. And then it has to like be processed and submitted. And she's getting fed up with him. She's like, no. So she presses the button and both of them go back in time together. <laughs> I think this is like just not the solution ever and for being a security officer. It's so shocking to me. Like, I think she'd rather just press it instead of have it fall into Kirk's hands because she's like not sure what he's going to do when he's not, when he doesn't trust her or know what's going on. But girl, I don't know. I was like, please don't. And like Kirk mentions later, like, Oh yeah, I don't have a tricorder or phaser because you just pressed it spontaneously. <laughs> like we didn't grab them, you know, so not the best move. But what else could she have done? Like, yeah, I think she knew, okay, this guy's a captain, so he's got to be somewhat competent. And if I don't take him with me, then like, I don't know, I have to yeah, go she alone. she can't do it by herself. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, it honestly works out, obviously, you know, like it, but I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, so we have an unlikely yeah. duo here together, which is one yes. of my favorite tropes. <laughs> uh, the best thing that Star Trek does always is the unlikely yes. duo. So when they're back in time, they're in this alley, and I feel like La'an is cool as a cucumber about all of this. Yes. Like, partially she's trying to cover her like somewhat embarrassment of like, wow, I really did just get us back in time with no tricorder. Yeah. Uh -huh. So she, she's trying to play it really cool, but she's not perturbed at all that they've gone back in time like she's clearly ready to face any situation yeah. and i i think like probably something about seeing that guy like dying in front of her she's like okay i guess i have to do this she's very yeah. determined and she's not yes. afraid and kirk is i feel like he doesn't have as much grace as she does <laughs> 
he's just in shock this is happening you know like he's kind of just like what in the world at first and yeah I, I really like that and I think it's also interesting when Kirk says about the tricorders and communicators it's interesting that though it's a like completely different government they still have like the same technology and I'm like wow that's so fascinating even when time diverges technology still like is the same you know and they have the same names and stuff that's just wow <laughs> so interesting to me somehow um, all that money was like still funded the same way and yeah, it worked like, out <laughs> yeah so kirk is in shock of this is happening he's trying to figure out where they are and he sees a big city with some like signs and he's like this is new york <laughs> and laon just like uses her eyes and looks because <laughs> it says like toronto it is yeah, toronto, toronto yeah mm -hmm. Um, and she's like, this is what used to be called Canada, you know, and so there they are. I don't think they had the exact date, but we know it's like around our time period. It is, I don't know. I say 21st century a lot, but. <laughs> burp, burp, burp. <laughs> that was my Jeopardy. <laughs> oh, too yeah. bad. <laughs> 20, yeah, 20, 21st century. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so now we get to some juicy Kirk back in time <laughs> moments. <laughs> There's a great scene where they have to go, they have to change out of their uniforms and get clothes. And so Kirk encounters a revolving door and yes. he cannot, he does not know how to use it. <laughs> like, I'm from space. <laughs> in his defense, that's fair. You know? uh. I also just that made me think about Kelvin Kirk because I, you yes. know, I, I, I always have Kelvin Kirk on the brain totally. and he also was born in space. And so it makes me wonder about mirror universe Kirk. Was he also born in space? Like yeah. was, is our earth born Kirk a rare one in the universe? Yeah. <laughs> I love that question. You know, it's so interesting. <laughs> These are the things I think about. Yeah. <laughs> I also love that when they go to get these clothes, like, it's just also another great time travel trope where either you dress up before and then go down and, and if your time travel is premeditated, or you just go down spontaneously and have to quickly steal clothes. I'm thinking about City on the Edge of Forever, you know, so that is always just fascinating to me to see how they all do it differently in different time periods and stuff. and. They just go into a store and then on frames someone else she like puts <laughs> something in someone else's bags and then they just run out yeah like, well i will say after having worked a lot of retail that those clothes especially sweatshirts and jeans like those mm -hmm. i think those would all have sensors on them personally yeah and so they are walking around this whole episode with sensors with all tags. over these clothes yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless they found a way to like science them off or but probably uh, not because you but know probably not their, i wish they'd said like bare skin stone that with um you know when spock says in the city yeah um bare stone bare not <laughs> yeah, bare yeah. Stone skin. <laughs> <laughs> that's not right either who knows what he says <laughs> it's fine cut it <laughs> sorry editor we love you fucking bitch ass editor no. shaking her head we right love now you. we love you thank you for your service no so anyway yeah you're right the sensor it just cracks me up so then kirk comes along they're walking down the road and he says let's get some currency you know he's just like he's so chill about it like i love that they have such little knowledge about how money is actually like rules the entire world in this era 
and our era and eras to come where he's like what marketable 21st century skills do you have <laughs> and then he just spots the the chessboard you know like all of this is just so funny to me because like of course for plot it's just like boom boom we'll set all this stuff up honestly the first time i saw this chess scene i was like this is unbelievable <laughs> there's no way that he could make this much money to buy the hot, nice ass hotel that they get <laughs> so it's always been like a question mark for me but also like we know that he drew a crowd so maybe he was playing for hours and like started to bet like more and more okay money see this is yeah. what i'm thinking i'm thinking he was the james holtzauer of chess that day in the park like yeah i, I don't know I, who that is but um the jeopardy champion who was like oh oh, J oh james okay gotcha. yeah where he was just like he was he was yeah. changing the game up yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. i mean this man was Heart like chess. he <laughs> was hunting for the daily doubles like a shark yeah. Yeah. and that revolutionized jeopardy sorry <laughs> <laughs> and so i'm saying that hear me out kirk like he you know he starts casually he's like oh i'll bet you a couple bucks you know and then he's going all in for every game so he's like doubling his profits he's exponentially increasing his profits every time so i think well, i'm sure the other chess park people are like <laughs> hearing about it and they're like oh we gotta play this guy oh maybe they're calling their friends they're like we have a chance <laughs> yeah. to make two thousand dollars today in the park like yeah. But yeah. this is what I was thinking. It's like, no way this guy could be so good. Like, he looks like this, like, young this guy, chump. you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, this is this chump thinking just walk, this American, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's just, oh man, it cracks me up. I really love that explanation. It honestly, like, makes sense, especially for Kirk's just, like, charisma and just, like, haha, I'm gonna hustle you all in chess. Like, what? I just think this is such a fantastic scene in every way. Like, mm -hmm. I... I worship the scene, honestly. Yeah. Like it, it gives me life. It's just like a very simple way to honor Kirk as a character, and yes. like that small detail of him always playing chess with Spock, and that beautiful line I always cry about, <laughs> where he says he used to play chess with his first officer, and I had to mute because she's hyperventilating. I just want to note to everybody, but um... <laughs> yeah, no, the the line is. I always played chess with my first officer until she got tired of it. And since then I've been looking for a proper partner. <laughs> like that is one of my favorite lines because the, the chess matches between those two is historic. Rihanna's still not okay. She's still recovering. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just like always cry when I look at that scene and then I think about the handshake <laughs> later on anyway. <laughs> Oh, sorry. We're just two like massive Spurk fans trying <laughs> trying to keep ourselves together. And, like <laughs> even if you're not into Spurk, like just the legendary connection between these yes. two characters. <laughs> oh God. Okay, but but this is not a but Spock in this episode. Yeah, yeah. not. And there's Kirk. a romance not here Spock. with them. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I know Ashlyn was texting me earlier when she was watching this episode, like. Oh my god, if we did love and affection, it'd be so juicy for this, you know? So Yeah, I'm just saying way, next time like... vote love and affection strange new worlds, please. <laughs> so we now can we do have this amazing one. This juicy you know? scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we won't talk about it much, but still. There is some growing tension here, especially because after he gets so much money getting apparently playing idiots chess is what he calls it. He gets the street dogs and they kinda have this like banter for a little bit. And, you know, we get more of background into what this timeline of Kirk 
has been dealing with his whole life and like not you know he's been dealing with like food scarcity and like just probably similar mindset is kind of what i was thinking is if they ever dived into like tarsus for kirk stuff which they might in Ooh, this i would love in that this series mm-hmm. in strange new worlds maybe later on because we're still getting a lot of hints of kirk Sorry, I'm not breathing. <laughs> yeah, so so hyped. <laughs> Ooh, you need too passionate. You like forget to breathe. So, has that happened to anyone else, or is it like, just a me thing? I'm like really tilly coated sometimes. Um, okay, so yeah, he essentially says like, "Don't skip good hot dogs when you can get them," you know. And I kind of like that perspective because Laon is so like turning up her nose at it, and she's just very serious and takes everything really seriously seriously including hot dogs you know and kirk is kind of showing her that like hey i just hustled a bunch of people in chess (laughs) you can get a hot dog (laughs) like they're like probably like a couple bucks you know or a couple canadian dollars so (laughs) canadian money what are they called loonies (laughs) i'm like such a like like uninformed swine like we are yeah (laughs) Literally, so so many Canadian followers. I oh. can't just like sit around here, not knowing what Canada money is. Called. <laughs> it just says Canadian dollar. Yeah, we're fine. I just Canadian okay. dollar. Okay. okay, that's what I said earlier. Canadian so dollar. editor, you can deal with that fucked up. I love how editor is like getting a life of her own. A life of her own. <laughs> she's like our amalgam who's just like she's, constantly fucking pissed off. The other people that we turn into when we're yeah. editing. We're having the life, t- like the best day of our lives. And then the editor's like having the worst day of their lives. Like she's struggling. <laughs> we're having a great day. Bobby is a great day every day, but editor only has a great day when editor doesn't have to edit. I'm going to need about 20 years to recover from that joke, I think. Okay, well, we got a little off the rails. (laughs) Story of this fucking episode. But the important part is that when Kirk was talking about sunsets with La'an, he mentions that he has never seen a sunset and Earth has, and humanity has spread out to the rest of the solar system, which is really cool, but Earth is like an ashen planet. (laughs) He's also crying about Earth. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Working in sustainability is like very inspiring and very soul crushing. So I'm just like... (laughs) <laughs> so, I like, know. take care of our planet please <laughs> i know we don't want kirk's past like kirk no. died so we wouldn't have kirk's mm-hmm, past mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. think about that yep. anyway uh but yeah so i i think this is the first like opening of this conversation that they have to have because they both have two different pasts and that really comes into play should we just jump to yeah that next conversation um, yeah, so that really comes into play after they, or the next morning when they have spent the night at their hotel, <laughs> something Ooh. was cooking, <laughs> but yeah. nothing happened. And, uh, have the bed. uh-huh, very, very nice of him. Mm-hmm. And then in the morning, she, first thing she's trying to do is write down a list of things that she remembers from her past around this time period and ask Kirk to do the same. And he's just like, um no i don't need to do any of this or help you because i like 
I have a ship that I need to get back to. I need to get back to my timeline. And this is again, where this conversation comes into play about the two different paths that earth could be on. And Laon says, well, my earth still has sunsets, which I think is one of the most convincing lines of her argument. I was wondering that too. I think also when she talks about Sam and so, and he realizes yep. that Sam's alive, I think that's what truly seals the deal for him, which, ow, either way, because TOS fans know what happens to Sam. <laughs> I just um, have to say, like, when I think about Sam, I think about the fact that in the episode Operation Annihilate, <laughs> William Shatner put on a blonde mustache <laughs> and, and played Sam slash George Kirk. And so sometimes I just wonder if they have they ever thought about just having Paul Wesley in a mustache play <laughs> Sam Kirk. But like ultimately I'm glad with their choice to cast them as separate actors. But sure. But I, I don't know. Incredible. I think about mustached William Shatner a lot. He's kind of in yeah. my Roman Empire lately, to be no, honest. <laughs> no, truly. I don't even realize it until until I like see it a little closer to And then it's, it's really, really obvious. Tell. And then you're like, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> yeah. There he is. Wow. Like this is how yeah. they are saving money. They're like, let's <laughs> I feel like He's you can put any right? actor in that role and it doesn't have to look like William Shatner. No. <laughs> truly said, get, get a mustache. Go yeah. lay down. <laughs> um yeah, wow. <laughs> So yeah, poor Sam. Sam is alive in Lon's timeline. That is really convincing to him. I think also she's definitely like manipulating him in a way, but also she kind of has to, you know, she's desperate in her own way. And so they have when they're having this conversation, I think the the line about sunsets is like just like ouch, you know, but Lon never like pulls her punches. So well, and to, like it, she literally Kirk asks like what are you from a utopia and yeah. she's like yeah like yeah, low key like, a little bit. like it has its problems for sure mm -hmm. but like they moved beyond the the issues that matter yeah some for the most part but <laughs> yeah Jesus um yeah exactly and Kirk does make a good point though like according to who it, like whose history is right you know like is mine the correct one because I am here and I exist and my whole crew exists and my history exists. And La'an is saying the same thing. Like I'm, I existed and what happened changed my timeline, but you know, Kirk's is, is really asking a great question. So I think they have a really good debate and they're both, you know, they're both like so reasonable about it. And also, like you said, just so chill about being thrown into the past like this, like, they adapt so well. I guess, you know, that's just a part of Starfleet or whatever he's in, um, United Earth Fleet. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, with his little, like, yeah. diamond <laughs> com badge. Yeah, I was like, what? Insignia, yeah. Insignia, yeah. Yeah, I just think they're, I don't know, they're pretty amazing and such a great team. I think that's the other thing is that they're able to talk this stuff out and, you know, sort of do the convincing. Like, mm, it has to be my timeline. So. Well, and I think what happens, like the events that happen in the rest of the episode really seal it for Kirk. Like once mm -hmm. he figures out, like they're going to right now in this scene, see that the bridge explodes, number mm -hmm. one. And so they go and investigate and Laon notices that some of the rubble has, looks like a like cold fusion bomb. What is it? <laughs> uh, photonic bomb. Photonic bomb. Yeah. Like some of the wreckage has 
it shows evidence of it being a photonic bomb. And so they realize that's technology they shouldn't have for like 50 or 100 years. 100, yeah. Yeah, 100 years. And so then they have this crazy car chase. And again, like <laughs> I do, I love their teamwork. And and this is another freaking Star Trek time travel trope. Yes, I was going to say. Time travel trope. Star Trek travel. <laughs> we got to get our besties in a car and watch them struggle. <laughs> yes. It, seriously, make one of them drive, especially from the police. I'm thinking Picard, especially. Mm -hmm. I think also the fact that Kirk is so willing to just break the laws of the past cracks me up to no end. You know, like any timeline. I'm not just it's talking Kirk. about this episode. Yeah. It's Kirk. Yeah. It, he's immediately like, yes, I will steal, steal this person's car. Lon it has just said to be, private property. It has to be the cool car, too. Of like course. a sports car is God. what he steals. <laughs> like you can't, you can take Jim Kirk out of the car, but you can't take the car out of Jim Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Or whatever motorcycle. The motorcycle. Vehicle, like... Whatever J.J. Abram wants him to ride. Yeah, exactly. And La'an, of course, goes with it, because what else can you do? I think, honestly, can we talk about one of the most unrealistic scenes in this entire <laughs> yes. Okay. Episode? Yes. Is this, like, the cops finally pulled him over, and Sarah, who is this lady that they met at the crash site, who, like, has been she taking pictures taking of taking photos, it. yeah. Yeah and has been following the truck that has the evidence of the crash site and follows this chase and everything and then starts filming and is like like hey i'm filming you for this arrest and kirk has no license so like sure that's not great <laughs> like definitely <laughs> not saying i'm not definitely not on the cop side here at all but i think it's so hilarious that she can just go like what you're profiling him for being american <laughs> That line just like is so unrealistic to me. It made me laugh so hard. I was like, do do the writers or do the people who thought that was a good idea just like wanted to write that to be funny, or were they truly thinking that that would be like a convincing line to these police that like profiling for being American? I don't know. It just was like did not work for me. I was like, this is so unrealistic. I had kind of assumed that maybe there had been like some strife or war between America and Canada or something because <laughs> yeah. that, that seems like a very drastic line but mm -hmm. you know I mean she could have also just been making it up because she says like oh he's an American like social justice lawyer yeah is, which of course is is not true but I think true. her like kind of suggesting <laughs> that the police were targeting him is what made them let him, him go off. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> And she's probably, like, I guess, been a nuisance before, maybe, and they're like, okay, we'll get out of here, but, oh my god. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> yeah, let's see, should we jump to, so they, they end up going to a coffee place with this lady, mm -hmm. and she tells them all of her, like, crazy theories. Uh, some of them are right, some of them are wrong, but she is talking about that what, some of the things she's saying is like there's a cold fusion reactor somewhere beneath the city mm -hmm. and that's where the bomb is and so of course you know kirk and lon are very interested in this because now they realize we have to stop this bombing from happening because kirk has it in his memory from his timeline so that means this is the event that led to the federation not being formed mm -hmm. and so that's how they know that they have to stop it. And I, I think this must be a tough moment for Kirk. But I, as as we said, I think he's like already changing his mind that like, no, it, it can't be my future. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. I honestly think Kirk is just going along at the moment. Like, he's kind of head empty. <laughs> like, truly, when Sarah's like, I'm hungry. And he's like, me too. Let's go. You know, like, and, and he just tells her about the photonic bomb. Like, truly too much trust. <laughs> he's putting it to these <laughs> random people from the past. Um, especially yeah, maybe that's true. Romulan spies. So, I think he's, he's, there's, off, I think, also an element of him just, like, truly not thinking many steps ahead because... They find another roadblock you know they have to go and meet with pelia because kirk is like how are we going to find an engineer from the stone ages stone ages you know <laughs> like they have to and okay this part cracks me up they have to travel all day they took a border they crossed the border guard they took a cab and four buses to get to pelia in vermont to get to vermont see I feel like when this episode was coming out, there was a lot of people fact-checking this and it was like completely yeah. wrong. Yeah. But they were like also checking out all of these universities on the way too. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know what Lon was counting <laughs> and like how long it took them to get there, but yeah. I still think it would be a good drive um, wow, slash yeah, ride sure. on the bus. <laughs> To they get have IDs distance. to cross the border guard, like so many questions, so little answers. Maybe yeah. Kirk just Vulcan gripped everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because they learned how to make plumbing soup in the toilet. That I mean, okay. Let me let me just say, like the fact that this fact about Kirk is canon is is amazing to me. Yeah. So he said his cellmate was a Vulcan, and. So that's how he learned to do the Vulcan neck, neck pinch. And he also knows how to make plumique soup in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we see already that this is setting up for a grand romance with the future Vulcan. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, like, our Kirk knew that. Oh, my God. The Kirk that survives. Oh. <laughs> Oh man, that's too good. Um, <laughs> just because I think about him talking to McCoy or like whoever Chapel who made the Plobeak soup <laughs> in a book time, he'd be like, "Oh, I can make that." <laughs> I can make, yeah, I wish. Oh. It's like Spock, you hungry? I can make you some soup. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, and the fact that um they were looking around for so long trying to find this archaeology department. And then finally, Kirk somewhat asked someone how, and they taught him how to use DuckDuckGo. I just think that is hysterical. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I will say something that was new in this time travel episode that I really appreciated was just Pelia's character. Like having her here, having a Lanthanite that has seen all of humanity is a super cool device for time travel because you can see people at multiple stages of their lives. And this is, we talked about this in the engineering episode. Paley is not an engineer yet. And so she cannot help to build a tricorder that will detect where the uh, cold fusion reactor is under the city. But in general, I just think having her character there is really cool. And there, I guess like Guinan is another example of this. So I, was I guess say that. Yep. Pelia joins the Hall of Fame of time traveling characters get to meet each other twice. Like this is great news. I mean, and Guinan did that in multiple times in Picard and in TNG. Like, yeah, Queen. I mean, Pelia even says, "I haven't taken a math class. I haven't taken a math class since Pythagoras made the crap up." <laughs> <laughs> so. That's just such a good line. Incredible. Yeah, this is, this is a great scene. 
they talk about trying to scan the tritium or whatever, or like they need tritium because it will uh, glow. And so Paley gives them the watch, the plot watch. And then we cut to them <laughs> back in Vancouver. We get a heartwarming scene that we can't talk about. <laughs> uh, we're not focusing on today. And the watch starts to glow and then they are going down to the cold fusion reactor they find a way in and they see that it's laon's name on the like name of the this building it says nuni and sing and so rihanna we haven't talked about Khan that much yet but this is another really cool device that they're doing like having a reference of Khan nuni and sing and having him shown as a child like again another point where we see Khan. At a, at a different time of his life and having La'an, La'an and Khan, yeah, having La'an yeah. <laughs> like have to go through this struggle throughout these couple minutes is fascinating to see. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. I think it's just brilliant what they're doing here. They're retconning a lot of stuff and like fixing a lot of sort of like plot holes in Star Trek or things that couldn't really have been completed because we have sort of this dangling thing from Picard that we've been wondering for a while the con project from soon in season two that was just like a last thing that was briefly shown and then never dis discussed again until sort of this episode you know we see that maybe this is the fruition and this is what are uh, that soon from Picard did after is create this like lab to create his little um, <laughs> genetically enhanced people and children, I should say. So yeah, that's so fascinating. And then it's also, there's another retcon that came after Kirk dies. So he gets shot. This is awful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible yes. moment. Uh, Sarah betrayed us. Um, I thought she was gonna I mean, be... she's a Romulan. She's a Vulcan. She, yeah, she's a Romulan. I thought she was gonna be sort of the, um, Sarah Silverman. Yeah, another Sarah. Yeah, I thought she was going to be the Sarah Silverman of this, but but the, the but future's betrayal. end love interest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, it was just betrayal. And then uh, Laon still goes in, you know, because it's recognizing her DNA essentially. So solidifying this, and then we find out. So it's just incredible because we've had this problem for a little bit, right? Wondering what is going on with the eugenics war and the timeline for the unit eugenics war when talking about different Star Trek shows and I'm pretty sure we discussed it in various episodes in our series briefly but the problem is it's not discussed a lot and there's a lot of holes or at least timeline where it feels like there was a reference of it happening in the 90s back in Space Seed I believe and then there's a reference later on of it happening in like later on then of course we have enterprise which mentions the temporal cold wars everything with daniels and then we get a mention of this at the end of this episode here with the romulan spy sarah talking to laon they have this fight in front of khan's room and she's wants to go in there and kill khan because she says that whole temporal wars have been fought and she said it was supposed to happen in 1992 and that she's been trapped here for 30 years just brilliant also another star trek time time travel trope here we are ding 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 <laughs> <laughs> sound bite for that like truly yes um and is is a time traveler getting stuck 
who gets bitter and bitter and they're the villain by the end i mean future's end here we are again just incredible and i think that this is such a great line even though it's quick and it's so hard to miss i missed it definitely the first time i watched um but so great to help us repair a little bit of that like didn't it supposed to happen in the 90s 1992 mm -hmm. um why didn't it in these other star trek shows so uh, yeah i think that that's brilliant yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> i the the con timeline like really fascinates me because it was during world war three that he rose up and like committed genocide and killed everybody but the disagreement of where world war three or of what year world war three happened was what messed up the continuity because in the like rihanna said in space seed it is in the 90s and then once star trek was coming out in the 90s they completely stopped referencing it and just said world war three yeah. without giving a specific year about when it <laughs> happened and so i think everybody can kind of i i think it the placement now is bef sometime before first contact is made so like now ish um i'm sorry to say but <laughs> i was just gonna say uh it feels like we're heading that way so i mean yeah first contact is what 2061 on April 5th. Let's hope we see some Vulcans, fam. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Please. Anyway, I hope, we, I hope we skip our World War III era. But... We need a lot of people in power to do a lot of shit. <laughs> Rihanna's going down the hole. I know. <laughs> okay. Um, mm. <laughs> it just like runs through your head. No, but I know, I know. Um, yeah, but I, I thought this was a brilliant way to wrap all of this time travel timeline as convoluted and messed yeah. up as it is into one little neat ball and having her like that must also be very confusing to be living a reality that you think you know the past of and you think you know what's going to happen but things are constantly changing because of the war because of the temporal cold war yeah but you're like questioning your whole reality and your memory and stuff. yeah yeah like that must be very crazy and also just this whole romulan reveal plot i thought was interesting too because we've mm -hmm. seen in the past star trek likes to credit itself like make up star trek reasons for why historical events happened on like yes. the way that they did on earth Mm -hmm. which i kind of like i like having like yeah. inserting star trek into our past and future yeah. and present yes. <laughs> um, so she indicates that the romulans have been trying to keep humanity out of the stars for a while and this is i think still the early phases of the plan mm -hmm. she makes up i think that like jfk and mm -hmm. like all of these other like big world events were the plots of the Romulans, but I don't, not Romulans, she said aliens, but anyway, I, I just, that's also a trope yeah. I really adore. <laughs> no, I think that's so fascinating too. Yeah, to try to give us more context. I mean, like our Amelia Earhart one, you know, woof, amazing. <laughs> Finally get an answer. Um, Love the 39ers. I don't think we did that one, because I don't think So it, much. It's not time travel. Not time travel, but yeah. RIP. Um, 39ers. <laughs> I don't think it's that. It's like the... 37s. 37s. <laughs> I was thinking Niners. Oh, niners. We love the 39ers. <laughs> Not the 49ers. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that is also interesting. Um, 
and you know devastating for Lon. <laughs> frankly she has to save a mass murderer she has to watch kirk die um, someday on our ethics pod we're gonna go deeper into this um meeting baby con but i yeah. think today we'll skip it ignore the gun she left in his room and yeah what <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway um, she I mean, ignore the body of kirk they just left in the front <laughs> oh of my the... god they literally left the body of kirk i Yikes. don't like <laughs> there's some holes it's okay i think because the episode is so phenomenal mm -hmm. that i'm just like what ifs you know like yeah it clearly worked because Tepperell investigation comes and tells Laon to never tell anyone. <laughs> that is rough because Laon has really gone through it. I, it's just so different because we have this wonderful, hilarious Tepperell investigations episode in DS9 with trials and tribulations where they're just like, did you talk to Kirk? Oh man, he did. Okay, <laughs> whatever. You're fine. And this one, she's like, you saved everyone, but you can tell no one. You know, like they're, they're she's so serious and... I understand, but it's still just like, she's like, seriously, can't you even tell a therapist? Come on. You would think, but you know, I kind of wonder if maybe this era of time travel was a lot more serious because it wasn't as common. Like I think yeah, about I what, like Discovery already happened and <laughs> yeah. uh, that was insane. And I, I told I, everyone to be quiet about that. Yeah. I feel like the time travel agency was like behind all of that anyway. And like know that there was no other way for the for the future to not be completely destroyed and yes. so i think that's kind of what she's getting into what she's trying to convey to laon is like if something goes wrong in the past you have no idea what can yeah. occur in the future and so i think with that like looming over them in this era time travel is a lot more crazy <laughs> i mean good luck because kirk's gonna be time traveling a lot more <laughs> yeah, right. in the next 10 years so <laughs> um, like they're gonna have so to get much. really busy <laughs> but for now i yeah it is a very serious conversation but i am glad she ends up calling kirk and she does a little like subspace facetime and pretends yeah. that she needs to know where Sam Kirk was born. And after Kirk literally asks her out, <laughs> like sort yeah, of, what? He, like hits on her, he's like, come grab a drink next time. Next time we're in person and I'll tell you more about my brother or something like that. Yeah, grab a drink. I know, mm -hmm. I was like, funny, not the time. <laughs> um, he's got the riz yeah. and she's he got does. the tears. Oh, it was so awful. I was crying along with her. Like, that's heartbreaking that you can't tell anybody about this harrowing experience, especially she was ended up being by herself in it, you know. Absolutely. Oof. Okay, should we move on? Yeah, let's do it. Wow, 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 wow. The, what an episode. So Truly. fun to talk about it and review all of these special time travel moments. Now, let us jump to those old scientists, <laughs> the historic strange new worlds lower decks crossover episode <laughs> i'm so excited this is truly like was so highly anticipated and did not let me down kind of thing you know i think that so many parts of this episode succeed so much uh ashlyn do you want to give us a quick summary of this episode yes i will try to 
<laughs> make it succinct. Um, essentially, we start off in the lower decks world, where the animated world, where our four lower deckers, Boimler, Mariner, Tendi, and Rutherford, are assigned to go down and scan a portal that Captain Pike discovered, or was it the Orions discovered, for the first time. And as they're scanning it, Rutherford takes a picture, activates the portal, send Boimler back, sends Boimler back in time, and he is stuck. And he's freaking out, absolutely fangirling over everything in the situation. But they and they realize that they have to have Heronium to around to activate the portal. And so they get some Heronium, they activate the portal. Instead of Boimler going back, Mariner comes through. <laughs> Enter Mariner and Ooh. chaos ensues. She gets to get Ahura to calm down. Boimler helps Spock and doesn't die in an explosion. And I haven't even talked about the Orions. <laughs> like I'm, I'm Rihanna now. It's um, hard. The, the Orions took the portal. Boimler tracked them using his future knowledge, and then they meet them the orions after receiving a message from boimler and mariner who are kind of like low-key mutinying um they meet the whole crew at the portal and the boimler and mariner have remembered that the enterprise nx class part of the whole is in the floor of the enterprise because yeah but it is anyway <laughs> i don't have to say why it's in, the, it's in the floor of the enterprise so they use that Activate the portal after the Ryans say it's cool, and everyone gets sent back to their own time. Woo! <laughs> well done, Ashlyn. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Here we are. We are at Cromith B. Is the site <laughs> of the crime, and the Cor the Cormith B portal <laughs> is specifically sure. where we're at. This Lower Decks mini episode here sort of s starts right away with the heavy references, talking about how much each character idolizes someone from pike's enterprise either pike himself mm -hmm. or una or ahura so we're doing a little bit of foreshadowing laying, laying the ground and then once they are down there at the portal um rutherford is the one who scans the heronium and this has this element has not been scanned for a hundred years so they're very excited about it but again more foreshadowing <laughs> about how uh sparse the heronium is and when Rutherford takes the picture, that is the moment that the portal activates. So it's this combination of Heronium and the tachyon burst, I think. Yeah, because he was measuring tachyons, which again, time travel incoming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here they come. Yeah, so the, the portal is, is activated. And here we are, we have Boimler back in time. So we get here within five minutes. And I feel like we didn't talk about this in... Uh, the last episode, but that is also an essential thing for me. If you're going to do a time traveling episode and have it mostly be featured in the foreign time date, I appreciate it if you kind of get to the point, you know? <laughs> yes. I think that is honestly where, like, the only place in which Voyage Home fails for me is how effing long it takes for them to get back in time. I know it's a movie, but still, like, my partner has not been able to get through it because she's a sleep through movies person and because of that beginning like if they had just gotten to the point you know and then built some of that groundwork but oh danger like <laughs> I, I don't know it's interesting but anyway 
you make a really good point, Ashlyn. I think too, it's important to talk about for a second, Tendi and Boimler's conversation right before he goes back in time, because there's this like question of history and of who discovered the portal because Tendi says, no, it was Orion's. I, my grandmother was on that ship and they discovered the portal. And then Boimler's like, well, I know uh, Starfleet says that it was Pike, you know, and like kind of not believing Tendi and Mariner says, hey, let's probably um, go with Tendi on this one, you know, like, I think don't essentially like, don't be questioning that. And I just think this is so interesting, because so often, you know, we question what history really is. And because it's written by either the conquerors or from one side or, you know, there's so much to so much about history that can be skewed or can be changed depending on who's telling it. I, I really like that they're kind of talking about this conversation and that it becomes the backdrop of this story, you know, and it becomes sort of the discussing there's the Romulan or there's the Orions and Starfleet, both at this portal, very, at very similar times and having this sort of <laughs> the Orions take the portal and bring it back for the, the grain, you know, so it's just an important thing to remember about history is like, how do we know what what history is exaggerated or what is left out or you know, on purpose or whatever. So yeah, and that's what we're going to find out today, Rihanna, this is another added bonus is we get yeah. to actually find out who discovered the portal and what went down that day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we this is the first portal of the TOS era to be discovered. So very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> One down, one to go. <laughs> I love those old scientists. Also, the fact that it's called that is just genius upon genius because we've heard that sort of planted early on in Lower Decks. From um, Ransom. From Ransom. And so, fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> so. so goes back in time. Yeah. Yeah, I love when he wakes up in sickbay. He's clearly going through. And please stop me if I said this in the last pod. I don't know what I like okay. yeah we didn't if I did. we, we only talked about the like spock engineering scenes and okay like the whole stuff okay cool so boimler is clearly going over all of the starfleet protocols that you have to do when you're mm -hmm. stuck back in time and i see i feel like i've said this already but maybe just deja vu sometimes that happens too mm, say it um, way, I think it's great. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Editor shaking her head like girlies. Like, <laughs> Get on with this and go to bed. <laughs> Editor's like, you think you're so fucking clever. <laughs> Okay, I'm saying sorry, editor does. We're doing oh. great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the future, sorry. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, yeah. So but so Boimler's going over like all the protocol that he has mm -hmm. to if he's traveled back in time. And Pike notices what's going on and he's like, just stop whatever you're doing because Boimler's thinking, oh, uh, computer and program like is this a holodeck yeah um he tries to touch pike and he's real and he's like oh yeah. my god <laughs> um, and so pike tells him the star date and he's like five digits star date that's a totally normal amount of numbers uh <laughs> to have in a star date and pike's like like or we yeah. know you time traveled about how far in the future are you coming from 
Boimler says about 120 years in the future. He has traveled. (laughs) (laughs) I just think all of this is amazing. Um, Boimler's reaction is so on brand for me. Like, I think going into this, knowing what the scenario, because I knew there was going to be crossover, but I wasn't sure on whose platform, what was going to happen. You know, there was so much left of mystery. And so... I think once we were situated in this, I was like, okay, I'm pretty much sure how a boy was going to react. And for the most part, he really did. Like, at first, I didn't understand the whole Una, like, why he was, like, basically scared to talk and look at her. And, like, he, like, stood up when she came in. Like, (laughs) yeah, you know, and it's truly just because he admires the hell out of her and has a poster of her and everything. I was like, yeah, it just makes sense. You know, Boimler's trying to do his protocol, but he also is freaking out because, one, these are his idols, but two, like... He doesn't want to mess up this timeline, especially, you know, it just sometimes you go back and you're like, oh, my God, if I mess with any of these people, if I mess with Spock, you know, like that's what he's really worried about too, is <laughs> fucking with Spock. I mean, um, the thing yeah. is, like, Spock has this whole unification thing hanging over his yes. head. And so yeah. if anything happens to Spock in the past, like that will significantly change things. And not just for Spock, then for Michael, uh, 900 <laughs> years after that. You know, like, time is crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, Spock has to stay alive. <laughs> no, Spock has to do what he needs to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Can we talk about Laon's little speech to Boimler? Yeah. Because she's, she's like, not only chief of security, but chief of time travel. <laughs> so yes. she goes up to Boimey to... Um, um, to sneaky boy me as he's later <laughs> yeah. referred to and she says let's review your temporal protocols one no interfering in past events two no sharing knowledge of the future and three this is not a real one but it's her own opinion don't make attachments and this is obviously Ooh. referring to yesterday 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 <laughs> as i fondly <laughs> fondly recall um <laughs> uh so yeah i i thought this was a great scene and a a great callback to that episode and an extra like shock to boimler's system he's like wait does that mean you've time traveled too and on's like like i think she just ignores him she's like just stick to your protocol and it's gonna be okay Mm -hmm. i think honestly that is really nice and i think lawn is also kind of attaching to him a little bit in a way of like I'm not the only time traveler now, you know, like someone else understands how disorienting it is and at least I can help him. So just what a kind spirit she is to like take what she struggled with and to help someone else. Like, damn. Well, and Boimler's kind of a baby. <laughs> like, yeah, like, he, I mean, totally. Boimler's awesome. I love him as a character, but like the difference between how everyone as Mariner and Mariner or Boimler says later, like everyone on the strange new world cast talks very slow and they're all very serious and the yeah. energy of lower decks of course like a 20 mm-hmm. 25 minute comedy show is yeah. fast paced and they talk loud and they make mm-hmm. jokes all the time talk over each other and yeah. it's that's just not the vibe and so i think everyone on the strange new worlds on the, on the enterprise kind of view boimler as like this little baby <laughs> totally yeah. agreed and he's a little ensign you yeah. know like oh he's just very overexcited and non-stop fangirling yeah exactly i thought this was also brilliant because not only are they doing a crossover but they're doing a time travel crossover you know and so that adds another layer because even just going from the animated to the like real live action people is really fun to see because they even ma- boimler makes that joke when he first comes through the portal like 
oh wow you guys look so re real looking <laughs> or whatever um it's so so realistic yeah yeah um so boimler here's laon's you know points don't tell anybody sing things from the past all this kind of stuff and then continues to tell people things <laughs> from the future and like there's just a plethora of stuff so first of all you know when he goes warps on her right after law <laughs> says don't tell anyone yes. anything he's like um, crap <laughs> yeah he's like, oh. and then you know he does the dash when he's on the bridge he goes to the bridge and he goes oh my god like seven ncc 1701 dash nothing <laughs> what would come after the dash <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, boy, hush, you know, <laughs> just so like, I mean, keep his thoughts inside. I think he's doing it for us as an audience, but yeah. I also feel that way too, like, mm -hmm. as for as seriously, and Pike, I think Pike says this, like, for as seriously as Boimler seems to take the rules, he sure does break a lot of them. It's so true, And actually. it surprises yeah. me too, actually. So I think it's done for the benefit of the viewer, and I don't know if I like that choice, but yeah. it's really funny, so I'm it willing is. to forgive. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. Because it seems like Boimler's such a stickler, but then he proceeds to talk to Ortega's in chapel in, <laughs> in in the like rec room or whatever. The 10 forward. Um, yeah, they're, they're 10 forward. I think it's I the rec room. They call it. And he spoils the following. Captain Pike's birthday. That it's a holiday. Captain Pike's birthday is. <laughs> um, that Boimler is worried that he broke Spock because he Spock never smiles. Um, he told Chapel that Spock is going to do big things. He tells Chapel that Spock wrote a biography. <laughs> like, just all this stuff that it's like, buddy, it may not seem big to you, but like, these are huge things to these people's lives who are pretty much just starting. Like, a lot of these people are in their, like, equivalent, their, like, species equivalent of the, like, mid-20s, you know? <laughs> I'm like, Boimler, just let let it lie you know don't you don't have to say anything about spock's future but he can't really help himself you know he just talks a lot and so it just comes out yeah he he really can't help himself and i think it it he does go over the line when he's talking about spock specifically i think yeah because i don't i, I he just doesn't seem like he possesses the like emotional tact to Agreed. like ask that more delicately or maybe I don't know. I mean, he he didn't know that Chapel and Spock were like having a thing, mm -hmm. obviously. But I feel like ask someone else. Like you were just hanging out. I I don't know. It was, well, and also it's just like always annoying how if a Vulcan doesn't act Vulcan enough, then humans are annoyed. But if yeah. a Vulcan acts too human, then humans are annoyed. Yeah, I didn't you know? like so that. So there's so it's this double standard. There's no winning, and it's just sort of perpetuating the stuff that's been like put on Spock for all of TOS and every iteration of Spock we've seen, you know, from his friends. This is, and this is the thing that happens to Tuvok all the time with Neelix, and it bothers me to no, no end. And I just hate to see it from Boimler. But we have seen literally in this episode that he doesn't believe Tendi about her history of the Orions, and like literally says, did Orions have science ships back then? So we can see that Boimler needs to do some like work about like, thinking about species as a whole and not as just these individuals with these one or two characteristics. Well, and he does do his work in that conversation, like talking to Tendi and then Mariner's mm -hmm. like, hey, I mean, he doesn't really do his work, but he, yeah, Mariner he does the work. Yeah. He quickly adjusts to saying mm -hmm. to, to that, to that way of thinking like, oh yeah, that's, you know, 
like shouldn't always assume that because he that's what he says to pike when the orion ship first appears they automatically assume it's pirates and boimler says that would be like in my time it would be considered uh, yeah yeah, offensive to assume that all pirates are uh, all orions are pirates (laughs) and he's like boy you just got schooled on that like 20 minutes ago well yeah so he's like i'm passing on the knowledge (laughs) that apparently it's offensive to assume that (laughs) yeah yeah, I think this whole encounter with the Orions is really interesting because a lot of it is perpetuated by like hostility on both sides. You know, they both just continue to like make the wrong choices when chatting with each other, not chatting when talking with each other. Then, you know, the, the portal gets stolen by the Orions and they take off with it. They're like, no, this is ours. Um, and there's this whole subplot with grain where they have to get grain to this colony before they like get go into this famine so it's fairly like really urgent this grain um but i, I thought also that it was tried to triticale grain which made yes, me laugh i love also. that yes. like where are the tribbles <laughs> yeah i know it's like quadra triticale and then we have triticale triticale so it's just like oh nice we've got a different like these neighboring grain types exactly i mean all of this is just insane this like random not random, but this like Orion subplot is so, I think, honestly, really well done and well wo- woven into this, especially when Boimler has to track the Orions. It's the funniest thing when he like makes them all turn around so that he can get in there and do his future stuff. And I honestly think that's really good protocol. You know, like if you're gonna have to do use future tech, erase it all and make them look away, you know, when you're done. <laughs> Yeah, I think if both parties are in agreement that they cannot have future knowledge, there are some ways to get around the transfer of knowledge without it affecting the timeline. So I think this is awesome. Boimler's like sweating. (laughs) Or you're just Janeway and you plug it right in. (laughs) The future tech right into the ship and say, here's how it works. (laughs) Or you're Spock and you tell the person who invented it that they invented it by showing them how to do it. Like... Everyone just makes their own. Okay, Spock was in a hurry. (laughs) Everyone was in a hurry. It's always, everyone's in a hurry. Oh, Oh, I meant to say also, Chapel was teasing him. Did you say that? Teasing him about the the chronoton poisoning Mm -mm. that he would have. And I thought that was funny too. Because actually in Endgame, Janeway has to get (laughs) vaccinated against chronoton poisoning. So in high doses, it actually Mm -hmm. can be bad for you. So I thought yeah. that was funny, like good old chapel. <laughs> Bring so that up. Good. Yeah. She just wants to scare future boy a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah. So let's let's get to Mariner. Because uh, yes. Mariner shows up. Mariner. Mariner shows up when they are working on the portal. They have the Heronium that they need for one more trip home. But instead, here comes Mariner. And she thinks she's like, yes, I did it. But yeah. she realizes now she's stuck too. Yes. And so she just hops through. I love how her immediate reaction, she sees like a whole bunch of people from the Enterprise. And she goes like, oh my God, hi. Like, is it her here? You guys are great. But like, is she here? <laughs> I just absolutely love that. And then she makes this little reference like right before the um like quote unquote commercial break where she's like oh ranks on the sleeves i don't know if i like that you know (laughs) because that is another funny thing that people don't really talk about when going back in time or like when seeing morgan bates and fraser you know from the you see him in his like 
Wrath of Khan uniform. It's just sort of funny because they don't really mention it, but it's it is jarring, you know, to see a completely different style of uniform from a different era. <laughs> so I love it. <laughs> I love it too. Well, yeah, once Mariner's here, the references do not stop. She talks about like her and Boimler, like they're having a meeting with the senior officers to kind of wrangle the situation and Mariner says like, well, I was so worried about you, Boimler, like I was in charge of the mission and you were like, you sucked into that portal. Like what if you had been gotten stuck in a riot in San Francisco, <laughs> which of course is a reference to the Bell Riots in Deep Space Past Nine. Tense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, and then I think uh, number one says, have you noticed that their references are oddly specific? <laughs> yes. I love all these like moments of fourth wall breaking, um, you know, and like truly this is the moment where mariner is asking like he's like oh did you ask him about his pets a lot or like <laughs> come on like are you being weird you know essentially um i just yeah i think it's absolutely amazing this this whole meeting you know where they're having little sides the whole time talking about the crew but of course as, as pike is feeling this is very jarring you know like he's never had someone be like a fan of his like this before so openly um <laughs> And I think, you know, he doesn't go a full Cochrane, but he definitely, like, shies away from it and is like, oh, man. I like, I think he really likes it, though. Like, he, yeah. he mm -hmm. is totally not immune to Boimler's, like, nonstop praises. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can kind of see that he's, like, he's, like, flattered, you know, but he doesn't want to be because he's kind of annoyed by what's happening. So, um, editor, yeah. I, I said, like, five kindas. Just take all those out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, so yeah. that I already did. Yeah, I said, oh, bag, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I like how editor is so angry. Editor is such an asshole. <laughs> Damn, editor, you need to chill. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is also where Mariner says that Spock is hot. And yes, I, love, I love that line Spock. too. Rihanna so agrees. Hot. I was um, also wholly unprepared for how hot young Spock would be. Yes. So, <laughs> so I mean, Jadzia agrees. Everyone agrees. It, yeah, clearly. yeah, we're all in, in, in unanimous decision. Yeah. Yes. So in that meeting, Mariner offers to go help Ahura with her translation of the words that are around the portal. And she also suggests that Boimler goes and helps Spock. They do their yes. thing together. But let's talk about the scene with Mariner and Ahura because I love it. <laughs> yes, and we've already talked about seat cover in yes. engineering. So. Yes. Um, yeah, this is just an incredible scene, especially because, again, we're seeing Ahura in a completely different place than what, like, the history books know her as, you know, because really, if you think about it, like, figures from our past who are gone or who are retired or whatever like not in their heyday anymore tend to you know that the history books talk about their highlights and their like greatest years you know and so i'm thinking greatest years like tos <laughs> era and movies for Ahura. but of course there's going to be a lot left out because there's no time to talk about a person's entire life even if you're spock and write a bunch of <laughs> memoirs or biographies so i think that it it's really interesting to see Ahura at a point in her life where she is still just a young ensign now, stressed about work and overworking herself and going through quite a lot and adjusting to the Enterprise now as like just fresh out of being a cadet, you know, so everything's really new for her. And so it's really interesting to see her and Mariner interact because they're meeting each other at totally different places in Ahura's life almost. 
Yeah, I'm and Mariner's at a very different place than a her than where Ahura is right now, both in her career and her just like age. Like I think Mariner's probably twenty seven or twenty eight. Is Probably Mariner my age? Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> I feel I feel her struggles so hard. Um, uh, and but I think it's great because it forces them to be put in different positions. I think Mariner is usually not a character that you see comforting others a lot. And when Ahura says, I'm only 22, I haven't done anything to be proud of yet. I feel like there's like a shift in Mariner where she's just like, oh my gosh, like this is baby Ahura and I'm like older than her. And so she, you know, suggests like, okay, let's go take a break. Like yeah. you have time to be everything that you're going to be, but the yeah. work will still be here when we get back. And I think her Which little- is a great reminder for all of it's us. It's such probably. a good reminder. Yeah. And it's a great little intervention for Ahura. And yes, once she takes a little break, they have a little drink in the yes. mess hall. I keep forgetting what the name is. They don't really have a name, unfortunately. I think but that's why. I, it's wherever Chapel sang her song. Her song. I always <laughs> think of it as Chapel's song location. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they have they take five to have a break with Ortega's great scene, so and her realizes that the translate that the language around the portal is ancient Nausicaan mm. so it turns out maybe this is an ancient Nausicaan portal like where are the Nausicaans yeah. now mm -hmm. what's going on who knows and we'll never know <laughs> yeah but it's a very cool little tidbit and I love how it turns out it's translated to just this is a time portal <laughs> like... I am the guardian of forever <laughs> exactly yeah. Yeah. It, which makes me think like does it transport you to what you were talking about or what you were thinking about because it seems like boimler was you know he was doing a spock impression and then he goes up and, and lands right in front of spock you know so i'm thinking that maybe that maybe. could be like how it's operated or something that's my little sci-fi answer to that no instructions <laughs> nope just this is a time portal yeah <laughs> like, the guardian had all these things he's like oh, i go through history and i flip around and you have like 10 seconds to jump <laughs> or your time will be lost <laughs> mccoy jumped in a while and Joey Telly goes back around like, yeah there's so much exposition and there's yeah. none for this portal <laughs> this <is a> time <laughs> i think so that's true. brilliant though you know that's kind of funny because then it makes it of course harder they have to still build, make their own Heronium. It fails with Spock and Boimler. And then, of course, they have the breakthrough of the NX reminder that the NX has a piece of it still in the Enterprise. Any same ship to bear its name will still have a piece of the original. So that is amazing because, again, we're getting another Enterprise reference. This is two for two in this episode. We have the Temporal Cold Wars in last episode. And then here we're talking about the NX class ship thinking about how long a road it was getting from there to here, you know? That was probably the most elegant use of that phrase I've heard in a long Thank time you. on this podcast, Rihanna. Thank so yeah, I, I keep it fresh, you know? I will compliment you on that. But <laughs> it's true. I am very team continue referencing Enterprise as a show because they talked about some awesome concepts here. Um, yes, agreed. Yes, we love it. And they're when they're even fangirling uh, in engineering at the end. Ahura's talking about how Hoshi Sato was on yes. that uh, uh, was on that ship, and she wrote three papers about her in the academy. I mean, this is the stuff of translators' dreams, you know. Yes. <laughs> These two Ahura, legends. 
literally and Ortega's uh what like gymnasium was named after Travis Mayweather and one of her like inspirations which I love no one gives Travis enough love or Hoshi frankly like those yeah. were two great references for four characters who don't get talked about a lot Paul is like constantly referenced do you think La'an is like obsessed with Malcolm Reed <laughs> <laughs> probably probably honestly if they met She's they like... would vibe so hard <laughs> They would Honestly? just like stand with their hands on their hips and like talk about weapons and be like, "What? What? Well, what's your output on the phasers?" Like, I feel like that would be a very fiery first marriage for Lauren. Yes, totally. I don't think it would last. It would because... not last. It would be explosive. Literally. <laughs> like... Where did you put my weapons, Lauren? <laughs> yeah, that was my phaser. I checked it out. She's like, I oh, was supposed fine. to launch the torpedo. Yeah. <laughs> and they're both British. This is amazing. Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> Why? Maybe, uh, yeah. Yeah. Why, the angry, why the angry Brits always <laughs> running engineering or what running security? I love it. Oh, angry UK people with Scotty too. Oh yeah, literally. Wow. Yeah. Um, we love to see it. Yeah, I love too that at the sort of divergence of this episode, Boimler is deciding nope, we can't go back in time. This before they find the annex um, hole plating and realizing I need to do something good you know and he's like sad about this grain not going to this colony and so he essentially um is intending to steal a shuttle and mariner's just there chilling she's like sure i'll steal it with you <laughs> <laughs> like what um but i love that even when mariner's there boimler gets scared and he yells like holy q and she's like don't yell q they don't know him yet they have the whole trelane thing going on yes again <laughs> another finally another retcon of or at least semi of like what we've always wondered is if trelane is like a species of q or what's going on with that um i mean we don't know for thing. sure but the fact that they're brought up in the same breath oh, is yes! hilarious yeah satisfying yeah. uh-huh you know, these like connections made Oh, it's so good. And then, of course, get they get caught immediately by La'an and dragged back. <laughs> Don't mess with La'an. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yes. Um, I also want to bring up um, this whole episode. Una's been wondering why Boimler's yes. been acting so weird around her. And finally, Mariner and her have a discussion. And um, she's, Mariner says he has a a poster of her pinned up in his door or in his bunk and um una is like a pinup poster which of course is like a nude photo yeah and but, she's like no a, like a poster on the wall with pins yeah like, like miss 200 and what 50 years of the future or 120 years of the future is like what is a pinup poster yeah like i have no idea what's going on um so like just the the confusion there is really funny because i just think about una's like am i gonna do that in the yeah, future like, or what? like does someone already have my nudes like what's yeah, going like, on <laughs> And then she, and then finally they find out, or Una finds out, you know, it's a recruit, recruitment poster and that she becomes sort of like the face of Starfleet. Yes. And um, she says yeah. to Boimler, your, your flagrant disregard for temporal protocols is deeply disturbing, but thanks all the same. <laughs> That's really good for Una. Like she's so, so cute, you know, and, and has, doesn't really emote like that. You know, it just, it's, that was a cute scene, I thought. And clearing up that <laughs> confusion was good. Yes, so good. They have so once they have collected all the heronium, they beam down. Spock does his live long and prosper, Mr. Boimler. And um Boimler's absolutely flabbergasted. He's like, Live you also live and <laughs> so good. 
so good. So they beam down and it turns out the Orions are there because they received the uh, message that Boimler and Mariner sent out about getting the grain back and trading it for the portal. And this is where they finally explain like, okay, these are time travelers. Like this is why we needed the portal in the first place is we need to get these people back to where they belong. And he initially, I think is completely not even listening. This Orion dude, he like, doesn't, he doesn't care. I'm not interested in their story until Mariner says that one of her friends is the mistress of the winter constellations. Her name like is Tendi. And then he's like, oh my gosh, like there's someone named that on my ship. And she's like, yeah, that's her great, great, great grand or her great, great grandmother. So it's proof that like there's, well, I think Boimler says to Pike earlier, like there is, there is a peaceful solution out of this. And I think coming clean about the whole scenario is a great way to do that. And we know that Mistress of the Winter Constellations is a really powerful name in the Orion, in Orion culture, apparently. For a long time too, (laughs) yeah. You can just throw this name around and people will take her seriously. Absolutely. That was really cool to see. I was just so amazed by the solution and the fact that they're like, okay, just like tell everyone that we invented or that we found this portal and we'll be good, you know, because I think truly they're also feeling that like as a science vessel, they're feeling that similarly like uh, irritation that they're always just assumed to be pirates like Tendi feels a lot. So and if like that, that that assumption forces them to act in aggression, like they took the portal yeah. because it's like, well, they assume they're we're pirates anyway. So yeah, exactly. like whatever. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate this. And finally, at last, Mariner and Boimler, they say their goodbyes and they go back to the future. I do think we skipped over their convert. I guess it doesn't matter the birthday one. Oh yeah. I mean, the birthday conversation was so nice too, to like get clarity on why Pike didn't want <laughs> to have a party. Yeah. Um, just having, having Pike in the series is just such a good idea because this knowledge of his ending that all of us have, including him is, is hanging over him throughout this whole series. And it makes for such interesting like character. It, it just, it makes him, it's such an interesting character. And I like seeing that Boimler and Mariner initially when Boimler's talking about, you know, like, you don't know how many birthdays you have left. And so you might want to celebrate them. Mariner is like, what are you doing? And this is true. This is like, a that would be an awful spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like that would be terrible. And I I, I question Boimler for even saying that, like, again, there's a more tactful way to be like, (laughs) he does not have tact though. No, he really doesn't. But yeah, Pike already knows. (laughs) Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Well, oh my gosh, this has been indescribable amount of happiness for me to talk about these two episodes. I really, I I don't know if it makes me want more time travel episodes in the future with Strange New Worlds, or if they should just calm down and stop while they're they're ahead. But if they do decide to do more time travel episodes, I'm all in. It seems like they're putting out really satisfying and unpredictable episodes as well. So yeah, what a joy to talk about these today. Exactly. Like, I'm just happy with whatever they make pretty much. And a lot of Strange New Worlds have just been 
such good episodes and these are just top tier so ashlyn thank you for creating this really you know complicated watch list <laughs> glad we were able to parse it out uh and thank you listeners for choosing for not only listening to this episode but for choosing this episode for those of you who are on social media and were able to vote for what you wanted hopefully this was what you wanted and if not we will be covering those other catch-up series episodes in the future. We're going to try to be doing at least one in between each of our series. And so with that, that means that we are now officially on our Mirror Universe series, ah! which means that we will next week. Actually, dropping. not next week because it's Thanksgiving and I'm right. going to LA. So yeah, no, no, you're Rihanna, right. let's take a break next week. So we will let's be back it. in two weeks for the start of the mirror universe series yeah with the episode mirror mirror from the original series uh the episode that started it all so. you thought we talked about spock a lot this episode oh just just wait. you wait <laughs> a new side of rihanna is gonna come out um like never seen before <laughs> heard before i guess yes um well yeah. rihanna before we go i want to make sure to thank Jordan Hirsch, Megan Chowning, Sci-Fi Haven, MC Freudis, Spotted Giraffe, Isabel, David Willett, Kurlan Naskos, Rick Mason, Anna F., John T. Bolds, Gil Dara, Jeff Richardson, Never Otter Even, Anna Post, T. Alexander, Ivan Fetch, and Michelle. Thank you so much for being our patrons on patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. We appreciate you so much as always. Woo woo! Thank you, Ashlyn. Thank you, listeners. Be safe. Be peaceful. <laughs> be kind to each other. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I, I think what Rihanna means is don't let the Pataks get you down. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Dura Sisters podcast. Please tune in to the next episode where we will start the Mirror Universe series with Star Trek, the original series. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter to check to see our suggested watch list for our upcoming episodes. Also take a moment to check out our content on Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and our merch on Threadless. All links can be found in the bio of any of our social media pages. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen. By donating $1, $6, $12, or $23 per month, you can become a monthly patron and unlock our exclusive rewards for each tier. You can find all of this and more at patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. If you would like to contact us for any reason, please do so at the Dura Sisters podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have covered these podcast series, pilot episodes, family, love and affection, time travel, villains, movies, feminism, death fakeouts, First Officers, Spooky, Holodeck, and the Engineering Series. series. <laughs> if you haven't heard a particular series yet, please go back and listen to any of these fantastic episodes. Social media, marketing, and editing is done by Rihanna Hurd and Ashlyn Gelman. Our intro and outro is by Jerry Goldsmith. Social media, marketing, and editing is done by Rihanna Gelman and me, Ashlyn Hurd. Wait, no. <laughs> Rihanna Gelman. Ashlyn Hurd. Rihanna Gelman. Oh, my Lord. Oh, oh wait, you just steamrolled through that. <laughs>
I said Ashlyn Erd so naturally. <laughs> and Rihanna Gelbit so naturally. So naturally. <laughs> oh my god. Um okay. 